Hey, today's a very special day. I'm super pumped. My friend Hal Hardy is here from Atlanta, Georgia today. I, I met Pastor Hal before he was Pastor Hal. I was a 15-year-old teenager in a church very similar to this, and, and I got invited to go to a men's breakfast, and I really didn't want to go to the men's breakfast because there was no teenagers there. It was all old dudes. When you're a teenager, everybody older than 18 is older than you, and they're old dudes. And, and my dad said, you're going. I want you to be around some other men of God, and I want you to, 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 to be able to connect with some older men who will help steer you. And I first met Hal on the golf course. We played golf together. Most of the guys wouldn't let me play in their group because I was horrible. And Hal met me, felt sorry for me, and said, man, come on, young whippersnapper. You can ride with me. You can be in my cart. And at 15 years old, I, I met a friend. He's much, much, much older than I am. He doesn't even have any hair anymore. He's much older. Look at his beard today. He's got, just messing with you. But from 15, I, I looked at, at, at Hal and his beautiful wife, Sandra, as, as, as not only mentors, but they were friends to me. They were kind to me. They, they have been friends now for over 32 years. And uh, in some of the most challenging seasons of my life, Hal's one of the first guys I'll call when I pick up the phone. And he answers the phone. He said, what happened? And, and I love that because he knows that I'm going to call him and I'm going to ask for his wisdom. Uh, today, uh, Hal serves on our executive board here. Uh, I'm grateful for him and his family. He pastors an amazing church in Cumming, Georgia. It's in North Atlanta. He's got two beautiful daughters. I'm going to ask you, would you stand and give him a huge IFC welcome to Pastor Hal Hardy. Love you. Josh, I appreciate you. Have man. fun. Thank you so much. Good morning, church. How are you? You guys are so kind. Oh, please have a seat. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank, thank you for joining us online, for everyone that's logging in right now. Um, just to set the record straight, because I've got the mic. <laughs> Here, here is the truth, and, and I need to say this to all my, all my, what about 20-year-olds? 20, 20 to 30, 20, come here, 20 to 30. Oh, come on, some of y'all need, don't lie in the house of God. You're like, you had not seen 20 in a minute. You know, I was, I was 22 when you were 15. But the truth is, guys, you don't have to wait till you're 30, 40, 50 to be a, to be a friend. <laughs> you, can, you, can be a, you can be a friend. I, you know, call it a mentor, call me whatever. I, I call you my friend. And I'm very, very grateful for you. I, I, I said this in the first service, and I'll say this again. I was, the first service, I was, I was just, you know, worshiping the Lord. And, and uh, my mind is going back to, uh, I'm from North Georgia, uh, the coming Georgia area by Lake Lanier, gorgeous area of the United States. Come on down and see your country cousins if you, if you, have, a, if you have a chance. And, uh, and so I'm worshiping and kind of thinking, kind of, any ADD worshipers in the house? Yeah. So my mind's drifting a little bit. And man, just, just God gets my attention again. And, uh, and I share this, and I want to make sure that you know this is not just rote. Um, there's just, just such a purity and an innocence. And... Uh, uh, a spiritual hunger with you, Pastor Josh and Stephanie. The, the Bible says that when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, I'm getting choked up. I, you'll be filled. All, it's our job to stay hungry. 
he'll, he'll do the filling. When we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. It takes all the pressure off. And so worshiping with you today has been such a treat. And um, I'm leading our church in communion the first Wednesday service of the, of the month. And coming up this week, and I stole some content I'm going to take back with me. I like that. It's just wonderful to be with you. I'm honored to be in, in the family of God with you, church. Um, I, um, I have a, a brother, just my, my brother and I. Um, I, I. I have friends that have big families, but, you know, we have extended families and cousins and everything. And, and what's beautiful about the family of God is there's so much diversity. We look, we look so different. You know, I, I, my, my youngest daughter is adopted, and she, she looks like Moana, the Disney princess, you know. <laughs> it's funny. Someone walked up here one day. Where, 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 where are you from? Where, where are you from? Are you from? Started naming countries, and she goes, Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge Louisiana. But we're just so diverse, and uh, we have different age groups in our in our family. We, we, my my dad and my mom, they're in their late seventies and enjoying that season of life. And then my my dad's mom is now living with my parents. She's ninety six. Everybody, we we call her Nana. That's pretty good genes right there. Come on, ninety six. And so I was talking to Nana. There's a lot of people at the table. We all got around the table, and we've got the the young the grandbabies at the table, and. And I said, I said, Nana, it's really important. I would love for you to be with us at Mother's Day, um, coming up here at church, at, at my church, Highlands. And she goes, okay, well, when is Mother's Day? I said, it's in two weeks. And she went, I think I can make it that long. <laughs> I'm like, congratulations, I guess. I don't know. But she's so funny. And, and we have we have the babies, you know, the, uh, around the extended family and and, uh, you know, I, I don't know this to be true. I'm not a granddad yet. Uh, but I, I have heard that grandparents, grandchildren are the reward for not killing your young. So there you go. I'm looking forward to that. This is what I want to do. I want to pray today. And uh, I'm, I'm saying God's already here. God, God's already here. <laughs> and um, and I'm, I'm expecting some really cool things out of today's. Sunday. I, I prayed this a, a long time ago that I refuse to have just another Sunday morning. I want to I meet with Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your people are here. So Father, we recognize that you are God. You are on your throne. And we are in your care. God, I pray that you would speak through your word today. Just right in the middle of reading a, a passage, speak, God, through your word. And God, I thank you that you're already speaking. You're already sharing your love and, and showing your love out in the parking lot with a wave, a handshake in the lobby, a hug. It's already happening, Lord. You're stirring hearts. As we've lifted you up, you're drawing people to yourself. So God, I pray that when we leave this place, we won't necessarily remember my name or a brand, but we will remember the name of Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And God, for everybody that's been kind of beat up this past week, it's been a tough week. I've been praying for them. 
I've been praying for everybody in this room and those that are joining us online. I knew that you would be here. God knew you would be here. And I just felt led to pray. Be the lifter of their head, oh God. God, I didn't share this in the earlier service, still an attitude of prayer. If there's anybody here right now under the sound of my voice and life has been so tough and so heavy, the weight of the cares of this world have been so heavy that you've been thinking about checking out. They wouldn't remember me. They wouldn't notice if I wasn't here. I'm telling you right, right now, that is a lie of the enemy. I'm calling that out right now. You do matter. You do belong. God does love you. People do notice. And you're at the right place at the right time. So, Father, heal their heart. We bind that spirit that would lie to them. And, Lord, we thank you that the joy of the Lord will be their strength. That hope is starting to rise in their heart right now. As I'm praying, hope rises, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for loving your people. You do it so well, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You're glad you came to church today, aren't you? I am too. I am too. Hey, at this table that I was speaking of with my grandparents and my grandparent and and my, my parents and all the kids, and there are di- different seats at the table. Have you ever sat down at a table and, and everyone kind of gets uncomfortable because you're sitting in the wrong seat, you know? Or they have your chair in the living room, you're like, our guest is sitting in your chair. Are you going to be okay? Well, um, there's some different seats in the family of God, and I want you to ask yourself today, where am I? Which seat am I sitting in? And, and how, do, how do I... How do I get out of that seat? And how do I jump into this seat? And how do I grow in this seat? And if, if you're a note taker, um, this is what I want you to do. I want to write down the first seat. Number one, write this down. It's, it's, the seat belongs to people who are committed to growing in a relationship with Christ. Now, I, I used to use this, this phraseology, this term years ago. I try to get it out of my vocabulary, um, a mature, spiritually mature and, and I know that that's scriptural, and I know that that is a right word, but here's the problem that I have with this word, is it almost, it, it connotates a, a arrival. I've arrived. Like, it, it's a destination. I'm, I'm, I'm arrived. I'm, I'm now spiritually mature. Like, as if it's a finish line, okay? Um, I, I would say this, spiritually mature people are just people that are committed, that they are people, they are committed to getting better and to becoming more like Christ. I, I mean, as a pastor, I don't want to just get better as a pastor. I want to be a better husband. I, I want to be a better dad. I want to be better. I'm committed to my wife and my family and my church. I'm committed to growing. I'm committed to not just their, my, their company. I'm committed to be a better version of myself, the God-given version. I, I was... I. I my wife and I, Sandra, will be married this December. It's 30 years, everybody. Come on, 30 years. That's awesome, isn't it? Which means that I got married when I was 12 years old. <clears throat> no, but what I learned very early is as much as we had in common and as fun as we have, like I, I cannot wait to get home. I thoroughly enjoy um, seeing her every day. She's my best friend. But I learned, I learned years ago that you cannot push cruise on that relationship. 
You have to be committed in growing in every in every relationship. Every relationship has, has price tags and reward cards. Come on, somebody. Right? And so um, Jesus was having this conversation with his disciples and, um, and wanting them to go occupy the right seat at the table. And at the end of the day, he asked them, hey, guys, go, go into town, go to Chick-fil-A. Come on, it must have been a Saturday. Go, go get some food and bring it back. Well, as they're gone, um, th- this lady comes up at the well, and she's drawing water. And he starts talking to her about living water, the water that I can give, Jesus said. You'll never thirst again, you know? So she gets so excited to hear about this living water, she goes to town to talk about, about Jesus to the town people. And, and now the disciples have come back with, uh, come on, a number one combo, everybody, right? And the Bible says, meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, hey, eat something. We've got something for you. But Jesus replied, do y'all read the the Bible and laugh? Like, this is absolutely funny. Um, I have the kind of food that you know nothing about. And they go, did somebody go get him Chick-fil-A that we didn't know about? Like, did someone go get him food when we're gone? And Jesus explained, no, guys, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. My nourishment, let me say that again, comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing the work. Jesus is basically saying that that the seat at the table that I want you to occupy is for people that are doing something with their God-given life. Write this down. Growing Christ followers get filled up so they can go do the will of God. If you're committed to knowing and growing in Christ, you're committed to getting your shoes on and getting outside and going and serving, coming to church. And can we put our hands together for all the people on the dream team that serve today? Come on, everybody. Come on. We get, no, we got to do a little bit better than that. They met you in the parking lot. They checked your kids in upstairs. They led you in worship, right? That, that, that's people that are saying, I don't have it all figured out, but I know this. I've got, God gave me breath in my lungs today. And I, I'm, going to, I'm going to serve today. And we'll never reach full maturity in our relationship with God until we push back, we get up, and we go out. We push back from the table, we get up, and we go out. The thing about this first chair, is this not most comfortable chair? Like, it's, it's not as comfy looking as that one by far, but, but, but you know what? This chair is, it's a great chair because the people that sit in this chair that are committed to growing in Christ, they're on the edge of this chair. They're taking notes today. They're putting their phones in today. They're, they're, they're also, watch, when, when God starts to multiply and expand and send, send so many more people, it, hey, come on, over 50 people were, were, were water baptized last week. You know, you know what these folks do? They go, here, 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 you can have my chair. They're quick to get out. They're like, no, 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 you first. No, 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 no. I, I, I'll sit. I'll stand on the edges. I'll sit in the overflow. I, I'm not high maintenance. I'm. I'm just glad to be in. Hey, better is one day in the house of God than in the thousands elsewhere. All right. So that's one. That's a seat at the table. It's we 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 say we're mature, but the truth is we are committed to growing in our relationship with Christ. Well, I just don't, I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't been at it very long. Well, you, are you committed to the growth process? Well, then you are maturing, okay? All right, the second group, this is fun. This is, go ahead and write this down. One word, immature. This is another seat at the table, and it's for immature people. Now, I, I've, I've got this with me today. 
And I've, I've already told the team, if I break it, I will buy it. I promise you. Okay. But, but we call this the high chair. But in church, we call this the I chair. I want it this way. I, 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 like, I like it this way. I, I like, y'all, y'all pray. <laughs> Somebody call the name. I like it when we play this song. Play it again. I like it when only this person preaches. I like it when that. So, someone asked me one time, you know, they, they said, made a comment to me out in the lobby of my church. They said, you know, I didn't really get much out of worship today. I said, well, that's funny. We weren't worshiping you. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I came to work. You know, I, I, I wish we could worship a little longer. You know who says that? People that don't worship at home. I, I like it when you, I, I like it. I know it's, I know it's all about you. And that's the problem. <laughs> it's all about you. I like it when this coffee is made. And I got this, um, okay. Okay, I'm going to have my brothers and sisters this way. How y'all doing? You know what? If I, if I, if I had, if I had a little bit more Greek and Hebrew, Greek and Hebrew will never get you out of this chair. You you know what? The the, the Bible says that, that Paul says that um, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. So knowledge is not going to get me out of this chair. Love for others will. Right? And and, and this is, this is what I, I, I love about, about, about this chair. All of us jump in and out from time to time. We, 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 all, we all have a, a moment, right? But I'll tell you this, uh, when a church starts coddling everyone in this chair, nothing gets done. A church of high chair or high chair Christians will ultimately begin to turn on themselves and become bitter instead of getting better. Write this statement down. Immature believers refuse to be self-feeders. At some point, at some point, you, 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 you do know that you have a Bible you can open up during the week. I, I, I chair folks are like, no, no, no. I like it when so-and-so, only, only Pastor Josh preaches and, and, um, and he's got to come from this translation and this. And, well, that's just a paraphrase translation. It's an alliteration at best. No, 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 no. At some point, you put the spoon in the hand and get out of the chair and come to the table. The Apostle Paul wrote much of the New Testament um, about people that were stuck in this chair. The majority of his writings were not just cheerleader. Hey, way to go, guys. He's like, how many times do we have to have this conversation? In 1 Corinthians, he had a church full of eye chair Christians. He says, dear brothers, dear brothers, I've been talking to you as though you were still just babies in, in the Christian life who are not following the Lord, but your own desires. Own desires. I like, I want. It's all about me, myself, and I. I, he says, instead, I fed you with the milk, with milk of the word and not with solid food because you couldn't digest anything, uh, uh, anything stronger. And even now, you still have been fed on milk. For you are still only, watch this, you are only baby Christians. You're high chair, you're eye chair Christians. And this is how you can identify someone, controlled by your own desires. Well, I feel, well, that's the wrong, that's, that's, that, that'll get you in trouble real quick. 
just follow your heart. Just, just follow your heart. No, no, the Bible says your heart is deceitful above all things. That's awful advice, okay? It says you're controlled by your own desires instead of God's desires. When you're jealous of one another, jealousy. You ever put a, a toy in the middle of a, of a toddler room? Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on. They just, 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 just that's mine. That's my attention. Okay, we, 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 you, when you had one child, you have another child. Well, you want to hold the baby. This one wants to come back in the lap. You're giving all the attention to that baby. I want some of that. Jealousy, okay? Jealous of one another. And what do they do from out of their jealousy? They divide up into quarreling groups. Isn't that something? Gossip. But gossip, bumping those gums. He said, you're babies. You're babies. Doesn't that prove that you're still babies wanting it your way? This ain't Burger King, sweetheart. You can't have it your way. In fact, now this is, this is the heavy part. In fact, you're still acting like people who don't even belong to the Lord at all. As long as you stay in the eye chair, you begin, watch, you look like the world looks. And if we're not different, then we won't be able to make a difference. Are y'all glad you came to church today? Okay, all right. And then the Bible says, goes on five chapters later. I, just, I shared that scripture with you earlier. Knowledge puffs up. If I, I could just, if I had one more podcast, if I had one more, and I love podcasts, but if I had one more Greek and Hebrew translation, there's nothing wrong with them. But knowing more is not going to get you moving. You just got to put yourself on the floor and walk and get to serving, get to moving. All right. Uh, we've been educated so, so far beyond our obedience. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Write this statement down, if you will. The only way we can grow up is to get up so I can help others look up and be built up. How do I get out of this chair? Serving. Serving is the antidote for greed. Serving is the antidote for immature, spiritual immaturity. Serving others and putting others before yourself. Have you noticed that you've never had to teach your kids how to be stingy? They're just really good at it right out of the womb. You know? When they don't get their way, what do they do? They scream. What happens when immature Christians don't get their way? They scream. And when they want to take their bat and ball and go home. All right? Now, Pastor Josh's job description is actually helping these folks get out of the eye chair. Look what the Bible says. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to get out of the high chair and to do some work, to do the work of the Lord and build up the church, the body of Christ. What happens when people get out of the eye chair? What happens when pastors Josh and Stephanie and the team and all the volunteer leaders, what happens when we equip and empower the Christ followers around here? It says, then we, the church, we will no longer be like immature children. Interesting. We won't be tossed and blown about by every new wind of teaching. Look at this. People that are using their gift and making progress and committed to Christ and committed to growing and not focused about themselves, what do they do? They are stable when silly stuff is bouncing around on YouTube and in your echo chamber of a social media feed. 
What did you think about this? What did you think about this? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's silliness. Why? I'm too busy running after God and serving people to, to waste my time. That's the way, that's the way you've got to be. I'm too busy chasing the Lord. He's got me hustling, serving and loving people and, and growing and, 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 and hopefully maturing. Every now and then I'll slip up. But guess what? First John 1 John 1.9 says, if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me. What is that? Fresh start. New chance to get out of the eye chair. All right. And then he says this. We won't be tossed about by silly doctrine. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us and lie to us with clever things that they say, all right? Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Now look at this next word, growing, committed to growing, growing in every way and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. No amount of sermons will get you out of the eye chair. Now I'm not going to, uh, all of us jump back in there from time to time. We're, we, we like what we like, and I get that. Jesus had a, a person, one of his guys, several of them, but one of the guys that we speak had a, a foot and mouth disease was Peter. You know, I read about Peter. I go, there's hope for me. Thank you, Jesus. And Peter was like, Jesus, I'm all about you. I am, I'm committed to growing in you. I'm committed to following you as, my, as the Messiah, my Lord. And, uh, and, and when he needed him the most, when Jesus needed Peter the most, what did Peter do? He, de- he denied Christ to, to a little girl. And after Jesus was crucified and, and resurrected, rose from the dead, um, he comes back and he has a conversation with, with Peter. And he says this. I've just kind of condensed the, the, the passage here. But in, in John chapter 2, verse 17, the third time he said to him, because he'd asked him, hey, hey, Peter, do you love me? He said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You all, you know, you know that I love you and watch what Jesus said. Jesus said, Peter, are you willing to get out of the eye chair and get to helping somebody? Are you willing to feed the people that you say you love? Because if you love me, then we can measure that by the, by the, by the extent that you're loving others. If you love me, if you really do love me like you say you do. Then, then Peter, you will go be a blessing to somebody else, right? And save people, serve people. I love that saying. Save people, serve people. Don't call yourself saved if you're not serving. Just don't because it's confusing to the world. Because I was, I was born a taker, but I was born again a giver. Like my life has been changed because I've been with the Lord. I've met Jesus. And so out of that heart of appreciation and gratefulness, I've got to serve you. I get to serve you. Why? Because I've been served forgiveness. I've been served mercy. I'm going to show a little bit of mercy. How am I doing today? They liking it. They're not, you like it more than they do. So what we've done today is we've made it very easy for you to, to take your next step. And in the lobby, in the lobby, there are QR codes on the column. Like you cannot exit the building without walking past what I'm asking you to do. I'm, I, I, Pastor uh, Josh shared with me that, that he's believing for 200, 200 additional uh, people on the dream team. You know what? Today we can make that happen. We can make that, we can easily, look at the crowd. We can easily make that happen. 
We'd be happy to roll up our sleeves and serve and be a blessing to someone so we can actually prove our salvation. We're not saved by our good works. We're saved for them, though. All right. Here, there's one more seat, though. Here's one more seat. And it's this. It's the seeker. The seeker. So we've got the, we've got the high chair. But you guys, I love this church. And, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting out of that today. I am getting out of that today. Okay, but, but where do I go from there? Well, you're going to go here, but watch this. This is those that are committed to the growth process, but this is what we'll do um, is, is I'm going to make sure the people that are, are coming to the table and they're new, they, they're not walking with God, or maybe they're new to, to learning about Jesus, and I'm going to make sure that they have a great experience. You can have the most comfortable chair on this, uh, on this property. Why? Because welcome home. Amen. I want the, the, the band to come up and, and help me close it out. And what we're going to do right now is, is I want to help you know how valuable you are. If you're here with us today and, and you do not know the Lord and, and maybe, maybe you walk with him for a while and you, you were raised in church or, or you, had, you were exposed to the gospel and you gave your life to Christ, but the truth is you're not where you used to be. But today you've come home. And you, you would say, man, I want to come back to the table. I, I, I want to come back to the, I want to be a part of what God's, what God's doing. And I want you to know that you are valuable here. We love you. You're not an outsider looking in. We want to say, welcome home. Hey, guess what? We all started here. Whether we were raised in a, a Christian home or not, you, there, uh, there's an old song we used to sing, uh, uh, God ain't never had a grandchild. We do the crazy stuff like that in the South. God ain't never had a grandchild. Bad grammar, but great preaching. In other words, I can't ride the coattails of my, my parents' faith. I had to have my own personal experience with God. I had to come to a place where I come in, I go, this is new. All right, well, then I'm going to do this. And so when I do this, a lot of people in some churches would even say that I go from born again to the high chair. Not necessarily. If you're committed to growing, you don't have to get there. You can say, God, I don't have it all figured out, but I'll tell you this, I love you and I love people. And I'm glad to give up my chair. Someone gave up a chair for me. I am happy, happy, happy to give up my chair. Someone, someone waved at me and shook my hand in the parking lot. And guess what? I, they made me feel at home. I want to make someone else feel at home too. But what churches do is many times we'll get in the patterns, awful habit, is we'll start swapping sheep. I'll try to make my chairs more comfortable for other consumer Christians to come and enjoy my church. Let me tell you a story. I was, I was in Orlando years ago. And uh, we weren't making that deposit in Disney that, that summer. Thank you, Jesus. We were just hanging around the, the house, you know. And, and uh, I said, all right, I'm going to take my girls on a date. I've got two daughters. We're, one night we're going to go one place. The other night we're going to go at the other. My youngest, that girl loves to shop. She was, we need to stop and pray for her husband right now. That brother better make some money. Because I can barely afford that one. So we went to the, the Tanger Outlet Mall, you know, in Orlando. And so we, she was a little bitty thing. And I said, hey, let's go to the food court. She got all excited, you know. So we were there and hot, oh, Orlando hot. 
we sat down, we had our food, we had our drinks, and and the the sample the sample person, you know, the sample lady, she was so awesome. She came, she, can I can I get you a sample? And I said, no, we're actually doing really good. We got all this food, we're we're good. But thank you so much. She said, okay. And two minutes later, she came back. I can get you some samples. I've got a plate full. I'm good. I, I don't need any guys. I had all that I needed, and she kept trying to serve me, but there was an, a sliding glass door in the foyer that kept opening shut, and throngs of people were coming out of the floor to heat that were thirsty and hungry, and I thought, all you've got to do is literally take 10 steps that way, and you will drive your business to the roof, and many times we do that. It's when we say, how can we, how can we keep people comfortable, make sure they stay? When there's so many people outside the four walls of the church, we can say, come on, I need you to get out of this chair so we can go. They're hungry and they're thirsty and we've got what they need. I got to get you out of this chair. Come on, let's go. Church, we can do that today. We can do that today. I believe, I believe that easily 200 people are here today. And this isn't a bait and switch. This is a call to action. You can do that today. As you, as you leave on that column are QR codes. Scan. It's your choice. You pick a team. Well, we, 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 we need people in this department. That, we, there will always be need because there's always people. By the way, we do need a lot of kids, folks. Because y'all are a fertile bunch of people. you will grab your phones just put this in this in your phones take it with you this week if we're focused on only what our wants and preferences if we're focused only on our wants and preferences instead of the needs of the lost then we'll miss the pleasure of serving and they'll go out without the blessing of belonging it's my pleasure it's my pleasure well I've got to go serve no 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 it's my pleasure I'm glad to be here. Well, I've got to do that. No, it's my pleasure. Let's 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 change that. The, 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 I've never seen such entitlement in the worldly culture. It's the it's a it's a it is an awful spirit. Everybody owes me everything. And what today's privileges become tomorrow tomorrow's entitlement. What if what if the church changes that? And we say, I live under a larger kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And I am not too big to serve. I am not too great to serve. It is my honor to serve. I don't need a mic. I don't need a, I don't need a, 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 a podium. Just give me a towel. Give me a mop. I'm just glad to be in the house of God. Because I know what God did for me. Amen. Did y'all receive that today? Amen. All right. As we close, as we close, there's a story about uh, David and Jonathan in the Bible and Samuel. Good friends, covenant brothers. Well, um, Jonathan was killed. And David said, you know, God's been so good to my house. Is there any, any sons? Any, you know, sons and daughters? Is there more family? And they found a child named Mephibosheth. How would you like to be named Mephibosheth? That's like a kindergartner's worst nightmare. Spell your name. I quit. 
they found him. They found him. And look what the Bible says. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah. And from, from then on, all the members of Ziba's household were Mephibosheth's servants. In other words, you can have my table. I'm going to create some space for you here. I'm, I, it's going to cost me food, money, resources. I got you. Like, God's been so good to me, I've got you. And, 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 and it says that he lived in Jerusalem and ate regularly at the king's table. And what, what was he saying? He's saying that it wasn't just some nice thing, occurrence that happened at Thanksgiving. It was their normal. God has blessed me to be a blessing to you. So I would charge you with this, IFC, that when you have more than enough, build a bigger table, not a higher fence. When God, and obviously God has blessed you with spiritual growth, numerical growth, growth in your outreaches, growth in your groups, can, can, can we make it easy for people to come and sit that may not know what's going on, but they just know that there's a void in their life? The Bible says that God puts it in the heart of every man, eternity. What is that? It's a, it's a, it's a homing beacon. They're bouncing around. They're, they're, they're bouncing through life. It's chaos, but they know, I want to go home. Church, it's our job to make it easy for people to come home and sit at the table. And I don't have a favorite seat. My favorite seat is when you find your seat, and I'll come sit by you. Amen? Two questions. What is the Lord saying to you today next question what are you going to do about it I think we've got one more slide up here join the dream team join the team we are better with you we can manage without you but we really want you to get out of that chair <laughs> alright every head bowed every eye closed Nobody looking around. This isn't between me and you. This is between you and the Lord. First group of people we're going to talk to are those that, hey, we've all been there. I like what I like, Pastor. I like what I like. I like this, attending this service. I like, I like not serving. I like to be able to come in and enjoy, get blessed, and go home. And but man, God, stir my, stir my heart. And, Pastor, you stepped on my toes a little bit, but I know you love me. And I know that there's fulfillment on the other side of that chair. It's just new. So Holy Spirit, give them that nudge. Give them that friend. All my leaders need to get ready for a lot of friends coming into their life that are helping them take their next steps in their spiritual commitment and the growth. Thank you, Lord, for all the people that are going to join the Dream Team today today. The team of your choice today is going to happen. Alright? Now still in an attitude of prayer let me ask you those that are here with us and you today, you want to come back to the table. I've been praying for you all this week. You want to come home? Like it feels so good to be home. But is there room for me at the table? And God's like, man, listen, there's so much room for you. There's so many people here that love you, that are excited that you're home. 
God himself is saying, come home. I want to do life with you. I don't want to just do a Sunday with you. I want to live and, and, and walk, do life with you, have communion with you, speak with you. How great would it be to leave this place knowing that your sins are forgiven and that hope is in your heart? You don't have to be in fear about tomorrow that you can walk in faith knowing that God has got it all planned out. God's ordered your steps. He's going to be taking good care of you because that's what good fathers do. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I want that. I want, I want forgiveness of my past. I want hope for my tomorrow. I want to know that I know that I know that I'm in the, the family of God. Maybe you've never made that decision or you're making that recommitment of your faith today. If that's you here today, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to do something really bold. I'm not going to embarrass you or have you stand up, but I want to know who I'm praying for. And I want you to slip your hand up on the count of three. Are you ready? I'm not going to drag it out. One, here it comes. Two, here it goes. Three, anybody in this place? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody? God bless you. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you. Come on. Keep your hands up. Anybody else? God bless you. Thank you. That's great. God bless you, ma'am. Sir, thank you. I see you. I'm happy for you. This is what I want to do. God bless you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. You'll never, you'll never be the same. Your life will never be the same. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. You may not know what to say, and that's okay, because we're going to help you pray this. And the people that are around you love you so much and are so committed to you that they're going to say this out loud just as an encouragement to your faith today. Say this. Say this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father. Come on really loud. Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that he is the Son of God. I believe he died on a cross. And I believe he rose from the dead. Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. Save me now. I surrender my life to you. Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me the power to make Jesus famous through my life. I'll never be the same. My life is completely yours. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, I pray a divine blessing over this amazing church, over the pastors, the leadership team, those that are serving. Lord, may Jesus be made famous in this region because we give you our yes. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you, be gracious to you. And may God give you what the world cannot. May God give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you, church. Sure appreciate you.